Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 30, the big 3-0 of the Powder Blue Review. Happy Victory Monday as well to everyone stopping in, listening in. Guys, finally got another Victory Monday. Feels good. It's been about a month, I think. Um, God, I don't even know what to say. It's good. I'm in a better mood. I'm in such a better mood than any of the last three Sundays. I can't believe it. Guys, it's episode 30, Big 3-0, like I said. Um, appreciate you guys still letting this thing get going. We're episode 30, we've got so many more, X amount, Nth amount. I don't know how many more we're going to do. As long as you guys keep coming back, listening to me, rant, yell, whine, praise, all that type of stuff, we're going to keep this thing going. What a game that was. What a game that was uh, against the Bears. I, I honestly, I, I thought the game was going to go a certain way. And honestly, that wasn't it. And I know what you're saying. How, how could you not expect a Chargers game to come down to you know a one-score thing? Um, I honestly just thought the Bears' offense would do a little bit better. But um, you know, you got to give it to this Chargers' defense. Even without a lot of their key cogs, they are holding points down. They're holding teams to minimal points. You know, if only this offense was as explosive as it could be, as we saw last year when the team went 12 and four. Uh, you know, the Chargers will probably be winning a lot more games this year, but that offense can't seem to pull their weight when it comes to how well this defense is playing and limiting opposing teams to points. But the Chargers obviously got away with one. And I mean, after everything that's happened over the last couple of years, it is finally good to see it go in the Chargers direction, to finally see it bounce the Chargers way. Obviously, Eddie Pinheiro, after all the kicking struggles that the Bears have had, and, and I'll tell you what, I don't feel bad for the Bears whatsoever in their kicking struggles because the Chargers have had their fair share of kicking struggles. I think in the last three years, they still have the record for most uh, amount of kickers to come through the organization, as many different kickers. I think they've had eight or nine at this point, maybe even 10. 10 different kickers, I think, have actually kicked a field goal for the Chargers over the last three seasons. So no, I don't feel bad for the Bears. And this was awesome. Eddie Pinheiro hooked a field goal left to give the Chargers a 17-16 to victory. It was incredible. And the funny story about this is I have a twin sister, and she lives in Chicago at the moment, and she's been there about a year and a half or so, and uh, she's a self-proclaimed Bears fan now. You know, we, we grew up in Iowa. Uh, we don't have our own professional team, so she kind of just decided to choose the Bears, having lived in Chicago for a bit now. So she kind of started this little bit of smack talk throughout the week. You know, who do you think is going to win? I bet it's the Bears, blah, blah, blah. And... I was sitting there, and I'm on the stream. You know, I do the the Reddit streams. I don't have cable, so I'm a little behind everybody. I don't pay attention to my phone. Like I want to see it happen, you know, on my own time. But as I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for Eddie Pinero to to set the field goal up and kick what I think is going to be the game winning field goal, I get a call from my sister, and this was before he even lines up. And she just looks at me and she goes, "Are you effing kidding me?" And I said, "What?" And she goes, "I go, did he miss?" And she says, yeah, he missed. And so like, way before he ever lined up for his field goal, I get the call, tells me he already missed it. I'll tell you what, I didn't even flinch. I didn't even flinch, man. I was so, 
jaded and distraught at just what had already happened during the game. Can't believe, obviously, for the umpteenth time that the Chargers are in this position. And I just, I even told my wife, I said, don't tell me the Chargers are going to win this thing just because they have a point lead. They're, they're, this, I've seen this script before. The Bears coming down, winding the clock down, in field goal range. They're going to kick this. They're going to go away with a win. But no, that didn't happen. And now, as a Chargers fan base, we get to celebrate. So celebrate all you want. We deserve this. You know, we got a good Packers team coming to uh, Dignity Health Sports Park next Sunday. And we need to celebrate this win as much as possible because there's still plenty of games left in this tough stretch of this schedule heading into the bye week. But Today's show, guys, today's show, um, business as usual. We will go over the game notables from um, Sunday's game against the Bears. We'll talk about my surge or static players of the week, and we will go over any injury news that may have popped up during uh, the game against the Bears. So um, without further ado, guys, let's get into the show. Although the Chargers walked away with a 17-16 victory over the Bears at Soldier Field, it really had nothing to do with this offense. And so for the, I don't even know how many weeks in a row it's been, this offense just hasn't been good. You know, there's been silver linings the last couple of weeks. Hunter Henry's been a shining spot. Austin Eckler's been a shining spot. Rivers had a clean game last week. Uh, unfortunately, did throw an interception this week, but for the most part made um, all the throws he needed to. But again, there wasn't much of anything. And according to the Athletic LA's Daniel Dopper, the Chargers beat writer, new uh, to the team this year, he stated that after Sunday's game where the Chargers rushed for under 40 yards, that marked the fourth straight game that the Chargers rushed for under 40 yards, making them the first team in the Super Bowl era to go four straight games with under 40 rushing yards. Now, you know, that's such a small sample size, but I don't want to, you know, think we're just grasping straws for, for stats to prove a point, but that's historic. That's bad. So that means that this team is the worst team in a four game stretch running the ball. And then any team in any four game stretch in the last, whatever, 52, 53, four years, that's horrendous. And they even got Russell Okung back for this game. And yes, this first full game back, uh, it's not like one player is going to be a huge difference maker in the run game. I know they tried to not really force it, but they did do a few runs early on to that left side to see if they could have any luck. And honestly, they did, uh, you know, midway through the game when Melvin Gordon rushed for his first touchdown of the season. It was a 19-yard scamper. He did really power his way in, had a, a couple nifty shakes and juice behind that left side. And, uh, you know, that's good to see. That is good to see, but... Um, at the end of the day, the Chargers still rushed for just 36 yards on 12 carries, making that yards per carry average on the day just an even three. And you know what? At least it's the first time they've uh, gotten over at least three in the last uh, four weeks since week four in Miami. But um, you take that 19-yard uh, touchdown run away, and you're sitting at 11 carries for 17 yards. And that amounts to a one54 yards per carry average, which would have actually made things worse than last week's yards per carry average of 1.9. This offensive line, at least rushing the ball, is horrendous. They are so bad. 
And I just personally, I don't think these offensive linemen fit this power run scheme, this gap scheme that Anthony Lynn wants to run. I'm a big proponent of the zone read, of the zone run game where you just have linemen on tracks. Essentially, they take steps certain direction, whether it's left, right, inside, outside, wide zone, and they just get whoever comes to them. They don't change their footwork or anything like that. Um, it doesn't matter what the front is either. They just have rules and then, uh, you know, there's double teams and stuff like that, depending if it's, you know, in the A gap, B gap, C gap, or whatever else. Um, I just think it's a lot easier. And it's a lot easier to get away with, you know, less than ideal athletes and less than ideal strength at the positions, you know, along the offensive line. When it comes to this gap scheme, you got to have guys who are good at moving people off their spot. You got to have maulers. You got to have really strong and at the same time, nimble guys, because when you're having pullers, left, right, wherever, getting guys out into space, and, and that's the thing, the Chargers have been very successful running the football when they get guys out into space. Sam Tevy's a horrendous pass blocker, but he's actually really good at run blocking when you pull him out into space. Some of Melvin Gordon's biggest and best runs from a year ago were behind Sam Tevy. And at the same time, Mike Pouncey is the perfect center for this kind of run scheme that Lynn wants to run because he's athletic. He can get out. He can get up to the second level as well and cover up linebackers. So I think they have a couple pieces, but I don't think guys like Dan Feeney are it. He's not a mauler in the traditional sense. Uh, Forrest Lamp, I believe, was if they ran things the way they should, but they don't. I don't think Michael Schofield's a mauler at all either. I don't even think he's a good guard in general. And then when it comes to Russell Kung, who cares? Russell Cohn's good at the position. He can do whatever he wants. He's the best offensive lineman on this team. And so I think he's a, he, he transcends scheme. I think he's uh, good in a zone or a power gap scheme either way um, that he gets played in. So that's just tough. That's tough. It's a bad run game. But moving on, enough on the uh, that negative for sure. Phillip Rivers finished with 19 of 29 passing for 201 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Uh, it was a bad read. It was off his back foot. And Mike Williams, I'm not sure what route it was. I got to see the coaching film. But Kyle Fuller of the Bears was able to break on it uh, for the interception, the only interception from the Bears on the day. Melvin Gordon finished with eight carries for 31 yards and that touchdown. He had two catches for just three yards. Austin Eckler took three carries for just three yards, but had two catches, 19 yards, and uh, Phillip Rivers' lone touchdown on the day. Allen, Keenan Allen, man. And we'll, we'll talk about what happened in the game later in Sergio Static, but Keenan Allen finished with, again, another underwhelming performance. He did have seven catches, uh, but it was just went for 53 yards. Mike Williams led the team in receiving with 69 yards on three catches, and Hunter Henry put in uh, just an all right performance, four catches for 47 yards, did leave one or two out there on the field. I know he had a, a first down catch, so for about 11 or 12 yards, hit him in the face mask early on in the game, and I know he wishes he could have had that back. Defensively for the Chargers, uh, Roderick Teamer had, I think, his best day as a professional. He had a game-high eight total tackles, had his first professional sack on Mitch Trubisky, and had a pass defense. The big bear, Joey Bosa, man, he really, you know, after a week where he basically challenged his teammates and said, you know, uh, after the Titans loss, I'm going to come in tomorrow and I'm going to work harder than I ever have. And, you know, we're going to see who's with me on this and who, who's really tired of losing, who's really tired of the season going this way. And he answered his own question to a T. Bosa finished with seven total tackles, good for second on the team. He had two sacks, four tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. And I mean, when I say he was everywhere, he was everywhere. Getting in the face of Mitch Trubisky, 
tackling running backs in the backfield, tackling Mitch Trubisky on zone reads as well, man. He was stuffing the run game all by himself. It was beautiful. And he even played a key role on causing Mitch Trubisky to fumble in the later parts of the game. Thomas Davis, six total tackles, one tackle for loss. Casey Hayward, always good to see him playing well. He just had two tackles, but he did lead the team with three passes defended, and he had an interception on the day, which really helped swing the momentum in the Chargers' favor. Um, Unfortunately, the team did not get any points off that. Uh, Chase McLaughlin shanked a, not really full shank, but missed on a 41-yard field goal attempt, um, which was a bummer, but in the end, they still got the W. The Bears, the Bears offense. Now, here's the thing. I read that prior to this game, the Bears offense had yet to reach 300 total yards of offense in any game this season. And I just told myself, the Chargers are about to let that happen. Well, they let that happen. Mitch Trubisky finished 23 of 35 passing for 253 yards and one interception, no touchdowns. David Montgomery had a career day on the ground. 27 carries for 135 yards and one touchdown. So the Bears, maybe if they decided to run it a lot more with Melvin, or excuse me, David Montgomery, and they ran it way better out of the eye formation than they did in the shotgun. And maybe if they stuck with that a little bit more, the Bears would have won this game. But that's just not the game that uh, Nagy called. Um, But still, 27, 135, and one is a good stat line for any running back whatsoever. I know Melvin Gordon would probably give um, an arm or leg to be able to achieve that stat line again. But receiving-wise, Anthony Miller, second-year player out of Memphis, was their leading receiver, 67 yards on three catches. Allen Robinson, five catches, 62 yards, and Taylor Gabriel, four for 53. And we are lucky. Gabriel's stat line could look a lot prettier if Mitch Trubisky didn't overthrow him on a obvious touchdown uh, later on in the game. I believe it was in the, no, towards the end of the game, actually. I think it was early fourth quarter. They got Taylor Gabriel matched up on Denzel Perryman, and Gabriel obviously ran straight by Perryman, and Trubisky just un- or overthrew it. And luckily, on the very next play was when Trubisky fumbled it away when it was recovered by Melvin Ingram. Defensively for the Bears, I already said uh, Fuller had the one touch or one interception for the Bears. He had a team high seven total tackles, one pass defended. Danny Trevathan, linebacker, six total tackles, one pass defended. And obviously, we got to talk about Khalil Mack, and he was their best defender outside Fuller. Four total tackles, did have a sack, one and a half tackles for losses, and had two passes defended, and they were batted down at the line of scrimmage. That guy is good. He did just about everything he could to keep the Bears in this one. But again, it wasn't meant to be with Trubisky at the helm. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, a sharp, durable blade at a fair price. I like Harry's because it gives me a close shave, an easy glide with no nicks, no nothing, at a low price. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades, and that fair price. It's just $2 per blade. It's just super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, just let them know and they'll give you a full refund. 
Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial sets at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use? Or if you're getting the best rates possible? Luckily, ShipStation can help with that. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door, and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even on your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. And it's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shopping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Before we settle into Surger Static to round out today's show, uh, the only little bit of injury news that we have after this game is Russell Okung. Now, uh, towards the end of the game, Russell Okung was out, actually, I think for the final two drives, offensive drives in this one. And at first, you know, we all kind of thought, well, maybe he's just, you know, he's gassed. There's something, uh, you know, it is his first game back. He's just not in the exact playing shape he needs to be. Obviously, he went to a serious, went through a serious health scare. But turns out Russell Kung was sidelined at the end of the game with a apparent calf injury. Now, uh, Anthony Lynn didn't really get into detail about uh, severity or anything like that. It just simply said, no, he was fine. Uh, he wasn't gassed. He's in great shape. But uh, he is suffering from an apparent calf injury. So that's just kind of all we have to go off of as of right now. That's tough to hear simply because of how long we all had to wait for Russell Khan to get back into the lineup. And, you know, uh, it was good to see them get a victory in his first game uh, participating in this season. And uh, obviously we want him to be on the field again and as much as possible going forward but for the time being if Russell Kung were to miss more time with this apparent injury then expect Trent Scott to go back in at left tackle Sam Tevy obviously stays at right and uh, things are kind of back to normal unfortunately and, and normal being that uh, everyone's hurt so that is just a little bit of injury news that we have um, following Sunday's game but now we can kind of finally get into this week's edition of Surge or Static. Now, you can go ahead and find the written version of this uh, piece over at bulletsfromtheblue.com. That is where I am the deputy manager. I do a couple weekly pieces, um, Surge or Static being kind of my main thing. So, uh, guys, Surge or Static this week, obviously there was plenty of bad 
but we've got to be able to find these silver linings. And to be totally honest, I'm trying to be more positive and find the silver linings and think a little more positively than negatively because quite frankly with the way this season is going I don't think my health is going to last if I continue to kind of bury myself in all the bad stuff so uh, without further ado guys surge static for week eight your number one on this surge list is obviously defensive end Joey Bosa so uh, he was phenomenal Um, The Big Bear was a force in every facet of the game on Sunday, finishing with the second most tackles on the team and collecting a pair of sacks to go with four tackles for loss. He also made what eventually became the pivotal play of the day for the Chargers when he bull rushed the left tackle into the lap of quarterback Mitch Trubisky, causing him to retreat and subsequently fumble the ball away, which was then recovered by defensive end Melvin Ingram. It was a masterful performance by the Chargers' best defensive player by a mile this season, and hopefully this culminates in some extra motivation for the rest of the team after they saw what their teammate did all by his lonesome. Bosa is now on pace for 14 sacks on the year, which would be a career high should he surpass his current uh, record of 12.5 that he had in 2017. He is also on pace to set a new high in total tackles with 84 after posting a career-best 70 in 2017 as well. Secondly on the list, safety Roderick Teamer. Now, it was a career day for the undrafted rookie out of Tulane University as he easily put together his best day as a professional against the Bears. Teamer finished with a game-high eight tackles to go along with his first career sack, which is quite a hustle play to track down Mitch Trubisky all the way to the sideline before bringing him down for a loss. With no blown assignments or missed tackles to recall, Teamer was exactly who he needed to be for the Chargers to win this game, which was a non-liability. Teamer is currently third on the team with 39 total tackles, but ranks just behind linebacker Thomas Davis for second on the team with 30 solo stops. And thirdly, cornerback Casey Hayward. It's always awesome to see Showcase get back in the interception column after he went the entire 2018 season without a single pick. His interception on Sunday marked his second of the year and helped cut some of the potential momentum when the Bears were up six and driving. Hayward's playing the ball was exactly what you'd expect from a veteran defender at this level. As the furthermost outside cornerback against a trips formation to his side, Hayward played the number one vertical or receiver going straight vertical on a streak route while keeping his eyes on the quarterback. Tight end Trey Burton, coming from the number three spot, was working his way towards the outside and then up the sideline on a wheel route when Hayward passed off his receiver to a deep safety and then drove down on the pass from Trubisky. It was a nifty design play to clear some space, get Hayward you know, out of the way with his vertical route, but the savvy corner knew better. The only thing that could have made it better was obviously if the Chargers could turn it into points, but Chase McLaughlin missed that 41-yarder. And uh, Hayward finished the game with a pair of tackles, a team-high three passes defended, and that lone interception. Your three static players for this week. Number one, Keenan Allen. And I love Keenan Allen so damn much, but it has just not been good for him. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but this game was kind of all his fault. Once on a torrid pace for career highs in all receiving categories, Allen has failed to catch a touchdown or reach the 100-yard receiving mark in the last five games. In this one, he could have easily broken the trend on both scoring and yards were he to have caught the lone pass thrown his way in the end zone or managed to stay on his feet on half of his routes. Allen stumbling and slipping has been really a problem for years, and I don't know if you guys have noticed that I seem to notice it all the time. Every time he catches a pass and tries to cut, it's like he stepped on a banana peel. He just His feet go out from under him just in an instant, and he's down on the ground, and he loses out on so many rack yards. It's just incredibly frustrating. 
Um, it almost looks like he's doing it on purpose to avoid getting hit. I just, I don't think that's the case. On his current 16-game pace, Allen is set to finish with 1,235 yards on 102 catches and six touchdowns, the same amount that he's had the last two years, respectively. He is currently tied with running back Austin Eckler for the team lead with 51 catches, but still leads the team in receiving yards with 617. Secondly, on the static list, I just put the rushing offense, and we kind of talked about this, uh, obviously, earlier in the game. Um, Great to see Melvin Gordon score his first touchdown of 2019, Um, but again, they made history by being the first team in the Super Bowl era to have fewer than 40 rushing yards in four straight games. That is something. That's uh, Honestly, I don't think we even need to sit on that bad egg anymore. The rushing offense is just bad. And until something happens, until the Chargers decide to make a switch to do something better, it's going to stay bad. Last but not least, uh, kicker Chase McLaughlin. And I, I had to throw him there. This is this was his third game with the Chargers as a starting kicker. And it's a second of three games that he has missed at least one kick. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Chargers have had just about as bad luck with kickers that they've had with injuries. Um, Early in the game, he was able to get the bolts on the board with a 20-yard field goal. However, after the aforementioned interception by Hayward, McLaughlin was unable to turn it into points when he went wide on a 40-yard attempt. Um, There's a real chance the team gets Michael Badgley back next Sunday against the Packers, but just with the way injuries are going, and especially uh, Badgley's injury it's it really must have been bad. He really did lie about the severity of his injury. If he's really went from missing one or two games, maybe to being out half a season with a groin injury. I don't know. At this rate, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Badgley not back until after the bye week, just because that's just the Chargers' luck. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. So that does it for today's show, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, this was awesome. Episode 30. Like I said, I appreciate and love every single one of you guys who tunes into this show, um, each show twice a week, every week. Um, greatly, greatly appreciate it guys. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at zone tracks. That's spelled Z O N E T R A C K S. Still go ahead and follow the Twitter podcast handle that is at PB review podcast. And like I said, head on over to boltsontheblue.com. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog where I am the deputy manager. Always doing a lot of great stuff over there. I may be changing up the recording schedule for this show. I usually wait to have it up for Friday morning. Um, I'm getting the itch to maybe maximize the time that my second episode is on the shelf. So if I could do a second show instead of having it up on Friday, maybe even have it up on Wednesday, kind of a quick turnaround, um, maybe start having this one ready for Monday morning, uh, and do the show immediately after the game is over on Sundays. So if that's something that maybe interests you guys, um, maybe something you prefer schedule wise, just let me know, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Um, any way you can reach me, just let me know kind of what your guys' preference is. I would love to hear that. Um, But that's about it, guys. That wraps it up for today. As always, I am your host, Michael Peterson. Subscribe, five-star review. Tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Wherever you guys listen to your podcast, please subscribe, favorite, all that good stuff. Uh, This has been Michael Peterson with the Powder Blue Review. As always, I'll see you guys next week.